<laughs> Sorry. We happen to be live at the same time, and there's something that sounds like either somebody farting on a leather couch or like a dog being stepped on and going, uh, uh. and I thought it was coming out of my phone, and then I couldn't tell, and then you were there. You hey, left. what's up, everybody? I have no idea what it is or where it's coming from, but what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 157 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I'm Chad Michael Linus. We've got Holden DePardo. Hello. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. Every Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, you can put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyeballs, your balls on your face. By searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. That's right, we've gone into the third dimension with 2D video. And if you want to add the fourth dimension of time, like Dallas motherfucking Smitty is right now in the chat, you can go to <laughs> twitch.tv hey, slash idiots every Sunday night at around 8 p.m. Eastern, like we're doing right now. Today's episode is brought to you, idiots, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. For now, let's start by talking about game court that's right it's back <laughs> dallas says hey fellas just watching my dogs take a shit that's what the noise was probably the shit or the farting on a leather couch and the dog going Arr. game court is back attorney based strategy for determining game character guilt every week we put your video game characters and villains on trial for the heinous crimes they've committed do you feel death bill nighy and Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Fucking. Holden and I will argue for or against the defendant, and it is up to you to decide on Twitter in the following days the fate of said character. This week, our defendant is none other than an AI-controlled lieutenant in Halo Reach. Let's take a look at the footage that we have right now. I gotta, I gotta have this prepped ahead of time. Here it is. <laughs> Just keep saying, oh, for those of you watching at home, we can see our hero, our Spartan, uh, is in the back of the Warthog, and an AI-controlled lieutenant is piloting the Warthog, driving it all over, tips onto two wheels, continues to drive, and falls off a cliff and explodes, killing all within. Our defendant is the AI-controlled lieutenant. He's on trial. I am the prosecution. Holden is the defense. The charge is espionage, treason, and murder in the first degree for two counts. Suicide doesn't count. He's going to face that with God. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Separation of church and state. (laughs) All rise for the Honorable Judge McGillicuddy. (laughs) Honorable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in your bra. Prosecution, please make your opening remarks. Thank you very much. Your Honor, today I'd like to paint a picture of a spy. Someone working for the Covenant. A man who knew exactly what he was doing, what was going on when he chose to pilot that warthog. And he was there just to make sure the Covenant won the battle. Man's only hope. The only one of these Spartans who's worth a damn. Right in his back seat. 
Another random passerby who nobody gave a shit about right in the passenger seat to the side of him. This was his opportunity. He saw what he wanted, his goal, that he'd been undercover for two decades in the United States. Where does Halo take place? Is it on Earth? In the country of origin. (laughs) (laughs) He purposefully snaked around this terraformed land, making it seem as though he was out of control. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, this warthog is possessed. Oh, I'm not doing this on purpose. Boom, backs off the cliff, explodes in an attempt to foil the plans of the USMC. That's it, right? Just military. That's the that's the thing in, in Halo? Yeah, we'll say yes. We're say it is. Marine Corps. No, that's, USMC <laughs> is the US Marine Corps. That's what that is. <laughs> of, of the military in Halo Reach. <clears throat> <laughs> That's the official name of it, the military in Halo Reach. That's exactly right. I will continue my argument after (laughs) I've heard what Holden has to say. I rest my case. Thank you very much, Prosecution Defense. It is your turn. There's a simple explanation for what is going on here. And to start off initially, how do we know that this man was a traitor? If his body is charred and ruined from the explosion of the warthog tragically going off the cliff. The answer is we don't know. We don't know who this man was other than he was a lost soldier who lost his way in an unfortunate accident for sure. At best, this would be suicide manslaughter, just like our last case with Dixie Kong. Objection, Your Honor. Irrelevant. (laughs) Sustained. (laughs) But beyond that, even if he was talking to the Covenant... So did our hero, Master Chief, who talked to the Covenant, the heretic specifically, and that heretic was there to save us. How do we not know that this Covenant that this hero was talking to wasn't doing so for our own interests? We cannot know until further investigation is made. That is all. We rest our case. Thank you, Defense. I must say your knowledge of history in Halo gives me a boner. I'll give you my phone number after the meeting. <laughs> Prosecution, do you have anything to say before we leave this to the jury? I do, Your Honor! <laughs> I'm going to character assassinate Holden. <laughs> this man loves peeing on people. <laughs> Holden it in with Holden DePardo, followed by Holden's showers. <laughs> Objection, what is the relevance, Your Honor? You cannot trust a word this man says. He pees on people. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. That is all I have to say. (laughs) I have no further comments to add. of the jury it is up to you to figure out if this AI controlled lieutenant is in fact a spy guilty of treason espionage and murder in the first degree or whether you want to side with the man who pees on people <laughs> go to twitter.com slash affable no slash respawn name fire vote in the poll innocent or guilty and let us know uh, I apologize for anyone who's watching live. 
Apparently, I forgot to mute the clip, and there was a lot of volume attached to it. So I apologize. But those of you watching on YouTube right now or listening on podcast services, you're welcome. We cut it out. <laughs> oh, Holden, that was good. <clears throat> that, that was, was very good. good. <laughs> That's one of those defenses you can only use once. I can't, I can't character assassinate you for the rest of time. <laughs> Just every Corey case we run out. Your honor, the man pees on people. <laughs> Why do you keep hiring the same attorney? You know he pees on people. Oh, God. Alden, let's move on to something called Playtime, where we talk about what we played this week. I'm going to be straight up honest. I only played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I played an additional 35 hours of it from last week. Um, wow. I am... Do you remember last week I said, <clears throat> I, uh, I played about 20 hours. I'm at the end of chapter 11. I am now again at the end of chapter 11, but this time I'm on hard mode because I've completely beat the game. And now I've gone back through and I'm playing the whole thing on hard mode for the trophies. You've lapped me. You've literally lapped I've me. lapped you? Are you, even, oh, are you at yeah. the train graveyard yet? Oh, no. no? I'm in um, Walmart still. Walmart. Walmart. Gotcha. They go to Walmart. You go to Walmart. Wait a minute, that's where you it. were last night. Have you not played any today? <clears throat> didn't play any today. I didn't have time to play oh, any today. Oh, Holden. <laughs> you didn't even get to see one of the best parts of the game. Oh, God. It's right around the corner. B better, better than Hell House? Yeah, better than Hell House. Hell House was awesome. Yeah, Hell House, Hell House was great. Was awesome. Strange boss. I did not expect to fight a literal house in the game, but I did that. That's something I've done now. Nice. I apologize to anyone listening. Apparently, my roommate decided now is the time to vacuum. Uh, so hopefully you can't hear it, but if you can, I'm sorry. Can't do anything about it except for murder him. <clears throat> I can't barely hear it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. So we have a spoiler chat coming up for Final Fantasy VII sometime in the next either three days or four weeks, depending on when Holden finishes this game. <laughs> it's going to be with us and the nerds at large, guys. You remember them. Darby, Jeff. Uh, they're pretty great. We're going to have a conversation with them. It's going to be soups cool. Uh, on top of that, I actually had, and I forgot to mention this last week, Darby sent me a quote he wanted me to read in the podcast of his just initial impressions of Final Fantasy VII. He's since beaten the game, but wanted to share that. He says, holy shit, how is this game this good? How is it real? What did I do to earn this? I will totally offer up Jeff as a human sacrifice. It means we get part two right now. That's from Darby Hallman of Nerds at Large. Oh, my. Do you, Chad, would you want to sacrifice Jeff to get part two right now? Would you Here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. Um, no. I no. can't explain okay. why. Because of the way that it ends and spoilers, etc. But I okay. want them to take time and figure out what all this is. What part two will be? I want them to take the time to make that great and make something really mind-blowing. Hmm. But, Holden, the game itself was amazing and great, and I love it. And it's not without faults. <clears throat> it is not a perfect game by far. But I had no. a fucking blast with it. Can't wait to talk all about it on that spoiler cast sometime in the next three years. Holden, what else did you play? Um, well, I have some more thoughts on Final Fantasy VII because I mm -hmm. didn't really have much to say last week. Um, but at this point, I'm in, like I said, Wall Market. I've gone through a few bosses now, and I feel like I'm at the point now where I really understand the systems. So Chad might disagree with me because he watched me play last night. And I I was honestly a little like, am I playing this right? Is Chad going, holding <laughs> you're forgetting about all these things? You kept apologizing all over the place. You're like, 
I'm like, dude, just play the game. You're doing great. Like, oh, I'm probably not going to get it. I'm probably not going to win this time. That's okay. I'll play it. Dude, and I did. You did. You beat it. I did it. I beat it. was Hell House specifically. Um, so I think the biggest strength of this game is its combat system. Without a doubt, that is the biggest strength. And just because of the intricacy of everything, you can really, you really have to think about what you're putting in your your weapons in terms of materia slots. Now, that's something I really started to realize during that Hellhouse fight because I only had thunder and in Blizzard spells. I didn't have any fire. I didn't have any uh, air spells, whatever it was called. I had nothing else. And Hellhouse is a elemental based boss. You really can't do much damage just by whacking him. You have to you have to counter whatever element he is making himself, and so I realized like oh shit I need to pay more attention to that and make sure I'm more versatile going in, because there's a lot of materia slots I have that I don't feel like I'm actually really using that much like audio auto cure is one I can probably get rid of that and put a attack spell in there instead. I don't use barrier that much even though you Dallas and Matt excuse me we're talking about how much the barrier spell is like necessary. I barely I use didn't it. use it all until the last couple chapters. Okay, so I should probably use that to level up that spell so I at least get the highest, most powerful uh, that, version that of that spell. Most powerful version of that will come in handy for sure. <clears throat> I had already been there because I was trying to level up all the material for the trophies anyway. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're, you're probably going to want to level that one up while you can. Okay. I think I had the second level already. I think, I think, but I'm not 100% sure nice. on that. And I don't remember that so, one being one that's like forever to level up, so you should be good. Okay, and not they don't seem to be at all in general. There are a like, couple of like any the revival of the one. Oh, does that take a while? Yeah, the revival requires like five thousand AP. What is arise? What does that do? Arise revives them with full health. Oh, that's that's nice. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna want that one for sure. So the combat system is, I think, what I'm enjoying the most about it. Um, the rest of it I like. But I wouldn't say I'm like wowed by the experience outside of the combat. The the it, it and this is I think just a lot of that JRPGs tend to be a little cheesy. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and corny. And I just don't think that speaks to me that much. So when I kind of get to cutscenes, I'm kind of like, all right, I can look at my phone and I'm like, hold, on, don't look at your phone. Just watch <laughs> the game. I know you're bored, but it's fine. And some of the cutscenes, there's always the cutscenes in video games where they just explain to you the mechanics of what we're about to do if it's like a puzzle or something like that there's the one with the different levers uh oh <laughs> Dallas seems upset at me <laughs> with the different levers and it's like you have to time like when you pull them down or lift them up and oh my god yeah moments I actually got it on like the first try with one exception where I failed but um, like like one of the ones I didn't move up at the right time or something like that but it wasn't too hard to do but they like explained exactly how to do that with dialogue and I'm like, I like, which should have been really quick. And I think moments like that only kind of irked me because every cutscene is long and a little overdrawn out. But that's not, that's just kind of how JRPGs are. That's not a Final Fantasy VII specific thing. But I love getting to the combat so much that none of that bothers me to the point where I don't enjoy the experience but as dallas is pointing out though in the comments i do go and play animal crossing to break from it quite frequently because <laughs> i just that's the number one reason i haven't been playing final fantasy 7 is that i just keep playing animal crossing so i'll go to animal crossing in a second here but close up on final fantasy for me i really like final fantasy 7 so far i'm definitely a fan of the game 
I don't think I love it as much as some people like it. And I certainly don't understand people saying it's a masterpiece in like 10 out of 10. I'm like, no, there are some like big issues, I think, with the game. Yeah, but it's, it's got some but, trouble, but it's gets, but none of it gets in the way of the experience or ruins the experience. It's just I just don't think it's a perfect experience, but it's definitely really good, and I'm I can already tell I'm gonna want to do part two when it comes out. Yeah, I already I have a note on my phone called "shit that takes too long" in Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> 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 and it's a long list of shit. Examples? I want some examples. Like one of them is the fucking robot hands. Oh my god, yeah, that was, because it took me a second, like, there was one point where I moved one of, you have to stack the two boxes on top of each other, right. and I thought one would be enough, so I stacked one and then tried put Aerith on top of it, and then tried to bring the other hand over to offer her the hand, and it wouldn't let me, because I had to put the second one on top. So to fix that, I had to pick up Aerith, put her <laughs> back down, and then go to the other arm, put the thing, move it over, like, the other box, move it over on top of the first box, then go back to Aerith, and I'm like, this is taking way too long. This yeah. is unnecessarily long. It's and not hard, it's just tedious. That's the thing. It's not a hard puzzle, and in fact, most of them are, you're not, they're not puzzles at all. It's just, oh, I have yeah. to move a hand in a spot, or I have to pick up a box and move it to another spot. That's not a puzzle, <laughs> but it takes so fucking long to do it. So yeah, it's it's got some issues with with pacing of some some parts of it for sure. Yeah, but before we move on from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, we have a subscriber <laughs> interrogative. <Yeah>. Subscriber <laughs> interrogative from Dallas at D Smitty Games on no, is that that's not his thing? Is it on Twitter? It's just D. It's D Smitty Games. Is it? It's not D F and Smitty. Yeah. God, Dallas, I'm just like make one thing, one thing, man. <laughs> Mary fuck kill between Jesse Tifa. And Aerith. What do you got? So, immediately off the bat, kill Jesse. I don't really care about Jesse that much. You don't care about Jesse that much? She's fine. Okay, okay. She didn't even make it to the <clears throat> second reactor. She was sleepy or something. I don't even know. She got her, she her, her leg broken. <laughs> She's just being a wimp. <laughs> she could have made it. And then it's really between Tifa and, and Aerith. And this is where it gets tough, because, like, just think about Mary first, right? Tifa's, like, a lifelong friend. That could be a long, amazing relationship. Okay. Because you have so much to work with already. But Aerith, she prays for you. She heals you. Holden, <laughs> Dallas is going crazy about you killing, <laughs> about you <laughs> killing Jesse. I, I haven't had much experience in the game with her. I've literally had her break her leg and then not do anything. So, like, I don't have, like, much experience with her. Maybe we should revisit this when I beat the game. But for right now, Jesse's done. Okay. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> Killed her. <laughs> it's over. But I'm going to have to go. So, that's Tifa. That's why I want to remember Mary Tifa. Okay. Childhood friendship. Aerith, though, Aerith's praying for you. She can heal you. She nurtures you. She cares for you. She has good ties in the community that's po that are positive. Okay. Like those are some good reasons, but I also like just met her. Okay. I've known her for not that long. So I feel like for right now I'm going to marry Tifa and fuck Aerith and then kill Jesse. Okay. Okay. Here's here's where I'm going to go. You marry Tifa. Marry Tifa because she's uh she's strong, she's independent. She looks like she can dominate you a little bit in the bedroom, which is kind of <laughs> hot. Uh, she's got wonderfully voluptuous breasts. 
you fuck Jesse because that bitch is thirsty. That bitch wants that <laughs> D. She wants to get your D wet in her cup of water. Uh, and I think she'd be kinky as fuck. She'd be she'd be doing all the weird shit. You know she wants it. And then you kill Eric. Dallas is agreeing with you. He yes. he says you know what's up. Yes. Some of those cutscenes with Jesse is just like, dude, Cloud, what are you fucking doing, man? She's just like she's coming on. She kisses him on the cheek if you win the motorcycle thing, and he's just like, ugh, get the fuck off of me. I'm like, dude. Get out of here. Aerith, however, she's cute, but I'm pretty sure she has dead bodies lining the walls of her home. She seems like the kind of person who, like, she's, she's like, kind of quirky in a weird way that, like, she's definitely a serial killer. She definitely is a murderer. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Aerith and save myself from that down the road. Wow. <laughs> we both we're competing for Tifa though. We both want to marry Tifa. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the good call. That's a good call right there. MFK, Tifa, Jesse, Aerith. Uh, one more MFK for you while we're on the subject. Holden, Zelda, Sekiro, Animal Crossing. Mary <laughs> no, kill. Go. No, I I'll didn't want to. I didn't want to <laughs> do it. Specifically, Breath of the Wild or Zelda. The franchise. The Legend of Zelda versus the franchise Sekiro versus the franchise Animal Crossing. God damn I'm going to make Jen. this real easy. I'm going to marry Zelda, obviously, because I played a bunch of those games. I'm going to fuck Sekiro because I got in one game and bounced real quick. And then I'm going <laughs> to kill Animal Crossing because it's Animal Crossing. And of fucking course I'm going to kill that stupid pink gorilla running around my place saying, Oh, I'm, my name is Rocket. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Here's a present. What an idiot. I don't like this. You have to. It's the law. I'm the Honorable Judge McGillicuddy. <laughs> I'm going to have to hurt someone that I love, Chad. I, I don't... Okay. So did Sophie. Okay, so here, here's how it's going to go. This is going to hurt right off the bat. I'm also going to kill Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Holden's killing Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I have no choice. The reason is that, like, looking back at the other games, I would never go back and play Animal Crossing New Leaf. I would never go back and play Wild World on the DS. I really like New Horizons, and that's the game that, like, if I ever go back to Animal Crossing, I'm going back to New Horizons without a doubt. Whereas I don't feel that way about Zelda. Like, I will go back and play older Zelda games. There's something, like, to, to go back and, and do there. Sekiro only has one game, but I've played it so many times. You return to that well a lot. And, yeah, and I it's one of those games, like, all right, so, like, I've always heard Brian Altano mentioned how he plays Link's Awakening. What at least would Brian Altano do? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Every time I hear his name, I think about that South Park song. And I've never, I was kind of like, I thought it was kind of funny this idea of like, oh, a game you go back to every year. Like, that's ridiculous. But with Sekiro, I'm like, I get it now. That's a game I might want to go back and play. You every go back year. to Link Between Worlds at least once a year. No, I don't. Yes, you no, do, don't. Holden. You do. Did I go back last year? I don't think I did one. I went yes. back recently, but I didn't go back last year. You go back year. every four months. And that's not and true. And you say, I'm going to do this one naked, but in real life. 
I'm going to walk around my house. That's the challenge. Naked. <laughs> Can I remember to keep my so, clothes off while I play this game? Dels, are you happy you made me say that I want to kill Animal Crossing? That's so sadistic of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Those poor animals. I had to do it. So, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna fuck Sekiro and I'm going to marry Zelda. Look at that. We are both in agreement. Proud of you. Yeah, Proud I didn't expect that I was going to kill Animal Crossing, but... It's tough because I, I it's either like I wouldn't fuck Animal Crossing because first of all bestiality is very illegal and not right. appropriate. But we all know Can't from AWY if the animal fucks you, then it's humanality and you're totally fine. Yeah. No, it's not actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to clarify there. Yeah. All right. Fuck Sekiro, marry Zelda, kill Animal Crossing. Oh, that was so painful. That was actually <laughs> really hard. Great. Do you have anything that you'd Does like to I say about Animal Crossing? I love you, but Animal I also Crossing? hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like uh, to say about Animal Crossing before we move on to Questlog? Yeah, I keep forgetting to mention on the podcast, I've, I've rolled credits now. I did that actually two weeks ago. Maybe I did mention it last year. There are credits in Animal Crossing? Oh, last year, last week. Yeah, so kind. Of, yes, there are credits in Animal Crossing. So basically, once you get KK Slider to go to your town for a concert, Whoa. Credit, credits roll. That's close to being a clan meeting right there. KK <laughs> Slider, just 1K away. Just one K away. So one K away from being a racist clan. Yep. <laughs> so I have terraforming now, and that totally has changed the game. But I don't know how to so you have to, you have to get three stars in your island to get KK Slider there. I'm at three stars now, and I've done a bunch of advancements with terraforming and all that stuff since then, and I'm still at three stars, and I don't know how to get past that. And it's really driving me nuts. Isabel says Plant more flowers everywhere. I'm like, I don't have a ton of flowers everywhere. I don't personally want to put a lot of flowers in my town because right. it's just not what I would want to go for. Because that's what like would draw be Aerith into and we both agree she's going to die. Oh, wait, just kidding. You didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little like a little annoyed with that part of it, but I still just love going in my town. I still like doing the turnips, all that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of turnips, I did end up doing a turnip exchange. That's right. Where, you did that nasty, sleazy interaction with a stranger. Oh, you slut! Yeah. You dirty slut. I left a good tip, so I'm. I'm it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I feel paid better. Paid my whore. <laughs> but here's the thing: is that I shouldn't have done it because before I did it, I was saying ah, it's more fun just to go with your friends and share turnip prices with your friends, and and that that's more rewarding it's going to feel better and i did the turn of exchange and now i feel dirty like you just said <laughs> and now because i feel dirty about it but it, the benefits were so huge like i made an insane amount of bells off of it i'm like i mean i've been dirty once can i be dirty again <laughs> like can i do that again oh did you break bad I, holden are you breaking bad I, i'm breaking bad i so i think i might do that again sometime oh mm. holden you disgust it takes me. so long that's the problem it takes forever i was in a queue of a hundred people to get to this one guy's island and some people take for it takes like 10 minutes per person almost not really but that ah, about that it, it's especially it's if you're making multiple trips yep mm -hmm. dallas's island is three stars and it's nowhere good as yours so I don't know what I can do with my island at this point. I literally made... Check this out. This is not like a five-star island thing to you. Oh, let me hear. I moved my I moved my museum into this... Ba it's surrounded by waterfalls, basically. So when you look at the museum, you can't see anything except for waterfalls surrounding it. It's so badass and epic looking. It's so awesome. And is there now, anything behind the nothing. waterfalls? 
No, it's the very, very back of the island. Ugh. I always hate video but games gonna... where there's like 18 waterfalls in the game and one of them has a cave you can go in if you just walk through the waterfall and then you got to try the other 17 just in case and you just walk into the water and nothing <laughs> happens. <laughs> Let's move on to our quest but... log. Yes. Moving on. Oh to wait, our... I have one more thing. Okay, go. Okay, go. One more thing. Go. One go. more thing. I played Good Job for like a, maybe thirty minutes today. Oh hey, yeah, that was the the. Is it free to play game that came out? The indie game on Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's money? not free to play. I, it's actually made by Nintendo. I'm pretty sure it's published. Really? It's published by Nintendo. Yeah, and it's quite fun actually. It's twenty bucks. It's not free, but essentially each floor acts like a world in like a Mario Brothers kind of game. So there's like each floor is a set of rooms. You go to each room and there's some sort of like funny puzzle to do in each room. Okay. And it's generally like go into accounting. They need a projector from one side of the floor to from one side of the floor to the other side of the floor. And you'll have to like find some sort of way to get that projector through the office with doing as little damage as possible, but everything that you can do to get the projector out of that room involves breaking the wall by like pulling it back on a wire so it just like slingshots through the wall and breaks a bunch of desks when it comes out, and it's just absolute mayhem and craziness. And I've only done three levels, so I haven't like gotten super far in it, but it was fun, it was enjoyable. I'm pretty excited to keep going with it. Um, if the mayhem builds up and increases, I'm definitely gonna have a lot of fun with it. It's been good so far, but nice. I only put a half hour of it, so I don't have much to say, but I'm liking it. It's good. Cool. I had no clue that was a that was a Nintendo joint. Nice. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Actually, I wanted to look it up now. I wanted to double check, but I'm pretty certain. Look it up while I talk about our fetch quests. The quests that are just like cool little headlines that are worth just mentioning and moving on. Number one being the UK charts stands for United Kingdom charts. No longer part of the European Union. Final Fantasy VII Remake is number one as boxed market grows again, says Christopher Drang at gamesindustry.biz. The physical game sales in the UK grew by 2% with numbers comparable to the holiday season. That's insane. That's insane. In the middle of coronavirus, physical game sales are comparable to holiday season game sales. Final Fantasy VII Remake doubled the launch of Resident Evil 3 sales. Which doesn't really surprise me. Uh, and then no, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe all. surprisingly had 317% increase in sales and went from 25th to 5th in the UK charts as well. Probably because a lot of people are saying... the game is awesome. Yeah, uh, the game is great. It's a good family game. It's a good quarantine game. Nice. Way to go, everybody. Speaking of good game, good job. Was published by Nintendo, but it was developed by Paladin Studios. Paladin. Nice. nice. Which I've heard of before, I think. Paladin is a is a good class. You get a nice mix of like you carry a mace and a shield, lots of protection, but you also have holy magic usually. And that shit is underrated. Like in the beginning of the game, you're like, oh, this is worthless. But then at the end, you get the spell holy, and it's like, ah, destroys everything. That was the way to go in Demon Souls. If Demon Souls ever comes out, fucking fucking use the holy magic. That shit is Do you powerful. Think that's the, not to go on a like deviation, but do you think that's actually Blue Point's next game? God, I hope so. I would play the shit out of Demon it, Souls again. I would want it to be. Cause I think that'd be really cool. I like the Souls series. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But they keep saying it's our the biggest game we've ever worked on, and I keep saying, "Is Demon Souls bigger than Shadow of the Colossus? Like, how yeah. do you get bigger than Shadow of the Colossus?" I'm so confused by that. I mean, Colossus and Colossi are obviously big by definition, but the map Very. of Shadow of the Colossus was not enormous. 
There's Dark Souls, several different locations, big enemies as well. That's it. Mm. <laughs> that's but it. that's Souls, my argument. But Demon Souls has like the cutoff, like <laughs> jump into the painting kind of world design. Yeah, there's like a hub world and then branched off levels from the hub world. I don't yeah. Does it count as the biggest? I don't know. We'll find out. I, I wouldn't be disappointed IDK if LFO. it's Demon Souls. I'm just curious. Speaking of curious, there were two million people who were curious about Resident Evil Three as it sold two million <laughs> units in just five days after nice. release. Says Nick Biazzo at Game Ranks. Um, compared to Resident Evil Nemesis's total sales of 3.5 million, that's the PS1 version. Uh, no, sorry. Wait, what am I reading here? Compared to Resident Evil Nemesis's total sales of 3.5 million units and Resident Evil 2 Remake 6.4. Yes, the original PS1 version sold 3.5. And then yeah. Resident Evil 2 Remake sold 6.5 million overall. And Resident Evil 3, in five days, made 2 million. It's a lot of numbers I just threw at you. Dose million. Dose million. What is this? This is... Oh, it's it's the disco, like, that move. Got it. I was like, this is something. This is like Korean. This is fuck you in Britain. And this is Korean, like, ha ha. Anyway, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, <laughs> and Journey are free on PS4. It says later this week, says Matt Wales at Eurogamer, but this article is old and they are out. Just mm-hmm. You don't have to have a PS Plus. It's not a free with PS Plus game. It's just free to anyone who owns a PS4 with an internet connection. You can get the first three Nathan Drake games, uh, Uncharted games, and Journey free anywhere in the world except for Japan. Or maybe it's China. It's one of the Asian countries where you will get Knack 2 instead of uh, Nathan <clears throat> Drake Collection. And... If you have a German account, or if you would like to make a free German account and link it to your PlayStation, you can also get Knack 2 as well. It's a pretty cool little thing. It's called it's PlayStation, Sony's Play at Home program. Just giving you free shit to play and stay home, which is dope. How nice of them. Yeah. Uh, it says both games were available from April 15th to April 16th. That's a day? Yeah, that's how it was literally written in the article. Between these two day? days, and I'm like, Yeah. That's got to be wrong. That's got to be wrong. Anyway, speaking of free games, Assassin's Creed 2 is also free if you have Steam. Dennis, pa- Dennis Patrick on GameRank says uh, it was available until April 17th. So again, too late to apologize. But Assassin's Creed 2 is uh, maybe the best Assassin's Creed. Fight me, Brent. Fight me, B-Rent. <laughs> Ninjala. Don't know what the hell that is, but it's getting an open beta later this month. Says Chris Moyes that Destructoid arrives April 28th, and the game will come out for free on May 27th. What is this game, and why should I care, Holden? Ninjala is the game that was announced during the mini direct recently. That is like a melee version of Splatoon. Is kind of how I describe it. Oh yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. It's it's going to be free to play when it comes out, but I wouldn't mind trying the beta and see what it's like because I like Splatoon a lot, and this looks to have a similar charm to it. When I hear Ninjala, I think of three things. One, Magic the Gathering and Jitsu. Two, mm. Nala the Lion mixed with a ninja. Three, Ninjago. Legos that were too young, or that I was already grown out of Legos by that point. But apparently the movie was kind of funny. <clears throat> Next up, we have a rumor that WWE 2K21 is canceled. And 2K22 won't come to PS5, says Will Harrison at PlayStation Lifestyle. Due to WWE 2K20's poor reception, and man, was it poor, uh, this year's title has been canceled. <laughs> That's... The videos are hilarious. The reviews oh are really funny. Oh my god, right? What? A, how do you fuck something up that badly? 
and then still release time it. To work on it. <laughs> we'll find out when we talk about Cooking Mama later this episode. But for now, San Diego <laughs> Comic Con is canceled, and you know why, says Brat Makadonsky at at Destructoid. Surprise, COVID nineteen. Three video game actors have passed away this month. None of them from COVID nineteen, says Domenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Then none of them of COVID nineteen. That was me editorializing on her title. That's not part of her headline. Philip Duarte, who played Deacon in the Portuguese version of Days Gone. Uh, sorry, the Portuguese localization, not like they made another version of the game for Portugal. Um, Kaiji Fujiwara, <laughs> Reno, in the new Final Fantasy remake, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake game. And then Paul Haddad, who played Leon in Resident Evil 2, the original, back in 1998. Uh, that sucks. That's a lot of people that died all within a couple of days of each other. Yeah. Uh, Felipe was a heart attack. The other two were complications with cancer, I believe it was. Sucks. Maybe you should go back and play all those games. And by go back and play all those games, I mean continue playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, Holden, so we can talk about it. <laughs> Crisis Remastered! Woo! It's coming to PS4, PC, Xbox One, and Switch, says Chris Moyes at Destructoid. Don't let my reaction fool you. I could care less. Originally leaked by Robot Brush, Crytek has now confirmed Crisis Remastered. <clears throat> I'm about to read a lot of jargon, and I know about what half of it is. So forgive me if I mispronounce some things or like I'm not as excited as I should be when I'm reading it because I don't understand it. It will include, quote, high quality textures and improved art access. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the assess materia. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. Every time I see it, I go in my head, I go, <laughs> asses. Uh, high quality textures and improved art assets, an HD texture pack, temporal anti-aliasing, SSDO, which I can assume is maybe SSD optimization. SVOGI, which has something to do with Vogue Bear. <laughs> the depth of field. New light settings, motion blur, and parallax occlusion mapping. And particle effects will also be added where applicable. Further additions such as volumetric fog and shafts of light, software-based race tracing, and screen space reflections provide the game with a major visual upgrade. Holden, we mentioned offhandedly last week when we talked about some retracted PS5 praise from a Crytek developer. Uh, we mentioned Crisis and how it was like a beautiful game and all these mm -hmm. kind of things, but like I don't remember anything about it, and it is what it is. Uh, but apparently, it's still a game that like people use as a benchmark test for graphics and things like that, even though it is so old. So it's getting remastered. What are your thoughts? I've never played it before, and I, my can understanding the game has always been really really good looking game not the best shooter really really ridiculously good looking very good looking so i don't know I'm curious like it's received i probably won't play it yeah. it also feels weird to have a game like this on switch where it seems like the big highlight is going to be how good it looks because that's what crisis is kind of known for yeah and that's it's not going to do that on switch that's for sure nope <laughs> nope Cyberpunk 2077 limited edition Xbox One X console has been revealed, says Logan Plant at IGN. There are photos in the link. Click. Oh my god, there they are. Just kidding. You don't get to see them if you're listening at home. Uh, but it will arrive the same day the game launches on September 17th. Pre-orders go up in June. What are your thoughts on the way this console looks? Because I hate it. <laughs> I'm, I've honestly never been a huge fan of like themed consoles. Yeah. I generally just want to get the standard console. So, like, this stuff is never, it's not that, I don't know, it doesn't speak to me that much, but 
it's cool that there's clearly a partnership with Cyberpunk and Microsoft. And I'm curious what that means with maybe them doing special things for like Series X if they're talking together right now. Like I'm more excited for what their relationship could be than this console because they're not making one for PlayStation. It's just for Xbox. So I don't really care that much. I love yeah. a good custom console, like themed console. I but the problem is I already own the consoles, and then the themed custom ones come out. I'm like, fuck, I can't, I can't justify buying another version of this console that just looks different. Yeah, because um, like, oh, the Gears of War one for Xbox 360. I I had my eye on that shit for a long time. I was like, just just waiting for Tom to take back his 360, so I would have an excuse to actually buy a 360. And then he did, and then I didn't. Um, so but, Dallas is pointing out that it glows in the dark. It does. It has. It has. Uh, there's a no something. There's there's words on it that do glow in the dark, like graffiti that glows in the dark on it, which can be obnoxious, honestly. Especially I was if you're gonna say that. Yeah. Um, I like like with Final Fantasy VII in particular. I'm just playing the game and turning the lights off, so I just have the screen in front of me. And that's it, basically. Yeah. And I feel like if I like in the, my peripherals had my Xbox glowing at me, I'd be a little, a little annoyed. Yeah. I bet mean, it looks cool, but it I, I would be annoying in practice. Can I tell you that I appreciate Microsoft? Microsoft generally has gone all in on custom consoles, whereas PlayStation has always just been like, oh, we'll throw a sticker on the controller. Um, but this one, I appreciate how how much they went for it. Not a fan of how it looks, though. It looks like a, a garbled piece of a bunch of different metals thrown together, which I, I understand is Cyberpunk the game, but... Not a fan. <laughs> We're really annoying Dallas. <laughs> Dallas says, Chad, shut up. Holden, shut up. Both of you shut up. It's awesome. You're annoying. <laughs> Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Let's jump into our Sony Quest Log. This week in Sony's Quest Log, we have two stories that were almost immediately retracted, so they don't really matter. Anyway, so enjoy. Recently, PlayStation-exclusive PC listings on Amazon were errors, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. These included Bloodborne, which you've spelled with a U, just like Jason Bourne. Last of Us Part 2. I did, Persona didn't I? You did, yeah. And Persona 5 Royal were all listed for PC on Amazon France, but have since been removed. Sony and Sega, Sega for Persona 5, denied that the rumors were official statements. Uh, denied the rumors with official statements. As of right now, Detroit Become Human, Death Stranding, and Horizon Zero Dawn are the only titles in Sony's catalog to also release on PC. Um, yeah, there was a... There were several more than just Bloodborne and Last of Us Part Two as well, and it, they all just like one after another popped up on Amazon France, and I remember freaking out like, "Oh my god, all of these happening at once!" And then uh, I do a hundred percent believe that it was just someone who heard something like, "Oh god, I got to get the listing out" or something like that, and these aren't all coming. But it's also worth noting that like, really, of those three that currently are, Horizon Zero Dawn is really the only PlayStation first party one. Like Detroit, that's a Quantic Dream IP. It's a mm-hmm. third-party studio. Death Stranding, same kind of thing. Well, there's a partnership there, and Sony kind of helped fund it. It's not a Sony game. I have the feeling that we're not going to see another PlayStation game come to PC for a long time. and But for the next few years, when, until the next one happens, if it happens at all, every time a PlayStation game comes out, it'll be like, is this coming to PC as well? <laughs> and that's right. going to be like the thing every time a new place game gets announced. Last of Us Part Two came out. When's it coming to PC? Is that going to be coming anytime soon to PC? Every time. Uh, so I just I think people like don't don't expect anything. And if something happens, then 
great, but don't I just don't expect anything. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. Of these mentioned, I think Bloodborne has the best chance because From Software makes games for PC with Dark Souls and Sekiro and Elden Ring MC is gonna be PC as well. They could probably probably use the same engine for all of those games, including Bloodborne, that they could easily port it to PC. Because that's the big reason why Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC, I think, is that it's running off the Decima engine just like Death Stranding, so it wasn't too much of a stretch, and it's a good experiment. Right. But ultimately, we'll kind of find out, has these games sell? If they sell really, really well, I don't know how someone's going to respond to that. Are they going to say, hey, it sold really well, better not put all, uh, all of our PlayStation games on PC because then people won't buy PlayStation? Or they'll say... Great, they sold really well. It's a way to expand the brand, so put them all out there. I don't know what's going to happen. Expand the brand. So, well, we can only see, although I do think they're fake. Ghosts of Tsushima waypoints are non-existent. Player choice is important, says Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, (laughs) What's funny about this, official PlayStation magazine, the official magazine of PlayStation, featured Ghosts of Tsushima and revealed new information some of it was, hey, there will be no waypoints on the map telling you where you need to go. It's all going to be landmark-based navigation, kind of like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Excuse me, sorry, I had a hiccup burp at the same time. We call that a hiccup. And <laughs> there will be in-game decisions that influence character relationships and potentially uh, potentially until you're trading blows, quote, with one another. Uh, and then you'll have the option to approach combat stealthily or aggressively. However, some of this has been retracted. And a new thing from Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle again, OPM says its own recent Ghost of Tsushima news is inaccurate. Apparently, uh, it was all ba- the entire article was based on trailers and blog posts and interviews in 2018. Uh, and some of it has been retracted, although there's been no word of what part of it is retracted. So for now, you can discount the entire article. But I think it's just kind of funny that the official PlayStation magazine uh, <laughs> made up a bunch of not made up a bunch of shit but just said a bunch of shit based on two year old news and just assumed it was true and didn't ask anyone yeah this is really strange to me because I, I've always been curious about how these first party publications operate like Nintendo Power or Official Places Magazine like is it I've always assumed it was a direct extension of the marketing department I can... that, that made the most sense to me I can totally see a world that it's it's a almost probably like a third party operation entirely run on its own that PlayStation just says, hey, we like the work that you do. Do it for us and brand it PlayStation and we'll just kind of fact check and and quality check things. I doubt that I I I bet it is uh, like 100 percent contracted and not actually Mm -hmm. something run within Sony's company itself. Which would totally make sense that something like this happens. Although, absolutely, yeah, I'm sure this happens with official, like within the company stuff too, occasionally. But well, we'll talk about some mishaps in the company later on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, I'm. This is strange to me, and and the I guess what's upsetting to me is that we don't know what was retracted and what's not retracted because some of that stuff sounds really great. I'm actually excited if this is true. If or it's retracted or not, the the no waypoints and just having a world that's landmark based, like that's one of the things I really liked about Breath of the Wild is that you can totally have a mini map on if you want to, or you can just turn all that off and just go off the land and what you see off the land and what landmarks are coming up. Um, up that was one of my favorite parts of Breath of the Wild, and to see that in a game like this, I think it'd be very cool. I but think it'd be really cool, true or not, or it could be really frustrating. Like I, I think it'd be really cool unless it's like. A character says, hey, I need you to go fetch this bangle for me. 
If you get to a point where there's a curly tree and the meadow grows on the south of the mossy part, it's like, <laughs> really, fucking dude? I got to solve a puzzle about your directions to even figure out? No, if you just like, dude, next to the giant mountain with the brown on the side of it, that's where you're going to find the shit. Like, if it's that kind of stuff, I'm okay with it. But yeah. if the directions themselves are a riddle, I'm not into it. With the... Um, just from what we've seen of the game, where it seems like there's some open, kind of very large, expansive environments, mm -hmm. like just an open field of grass. If they can place landmarks in there where you could easily navigate, and it's not like things are so clustered together, that'd be difficult to know what's going on. Like that wouldn't work. But if, like, from what we've seen in the game, these kind of more open-ended environments that you can kind of see a lot around you, I think it could work. As long as it doesn't get too bad. Because that's how Breath of the Wild worked, is that you have these expand, like long expanses between things, but there are notable landmarks that, if someone mentioned it, you basically know, oh, they're definitely talking about that environment right there. So I'm going to head that way. And it worked in that game just because there's so much attention to detail in the world's design. If they can pull it off here, I have huge thumbs up. Very excited for it. But but it could be fake. We don't know. Like, like we said at the beginning, uh, none of it really matters anyway, so enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the points made up and none of it matters. What's the what's the Drew Carey, what, whose line thing is? Uh, uh, the show where um, we make up everything and the points don't matter or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, everything's made up and the points don't matter. There we go. There it is. Let's yeah. move on to Nintendo. Nintendo released Switch Update 10.0 this week and added a long-time requested feature and hidden in the code data miners data. Data miners found some intriguing teases for new hardware. Nintendo Switch 10.0 firmware update supposedly, quote, adds preliminary support for a new hardware model, end quote, says Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. <gasps> we might get second screen support on a Nintendo Switch. And I'm not talking about like the Xbox Glass app on your iPhone. I'm talking about a true second hardware screen. The new model would exclusively make use of a second screen attachment and feature a new NVIDIA X plus, X1 Plus chip with unspecified benefits. The hell would you be able to use a second screen for, Holden? I don't know. I'm really confused about this. This is very, very strange. I was thinking maybe like an accessory in the vein of the Wii Fit Balance Board where it's really like made for one game specifically. Like maybe they have this idea for a game that like they need to have the second screen for, and in not like a Switch Pro, but like a new Nintendo Switch. Oh, it's the same Switch, but like it's like the new 3DS had like the the C uh, C stick nub, right. And the ZR and ZL buttons, like it's just like that. It's like oh, here's the new Nintendo Switch, and it has this adapter so that you can plug in the second screen, which allows you to play Mario Party 11 or like whatever it's going to be, Super Mario Party 2. That would make sense, I guess. But this is so strange. Like, I, I my my initial reaction is just no, don't don't do that. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Right off the bat, I immediately I don't think this is going to happen. But I immediately think, oh, this would be a great way to make Wii U games and 3DS games available on the online service or like a virtual console type thing. That way, you don't have to worry yeah. about solving the two screen issue. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen because they show they don't give a fuck about letting you play old games on your Switch. <laughs> but what I could see. Is, is kind of exactly what you mentioned. Like, it's a peripheral for a certain type of experience. I think it's going to be more kind of along the lines of Nintendo Labo. Like, something that's, like, completely out there that none of us saw coming that, oh, there's, oh, yeah, like, a second screen, and it does something with a piece of cotton and a string. Mm -hmm. And 
whatever it is. <laughs> no, that's a tampon. <laughs> it doesn't do anything with tampons. Uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be some kind of crazy thing that allows you to, like you said, do something once, and then they might build in, like they did with Labo, how you can drive the Labo car now in Mario Kart. Like, they might build support in for it for other games, too. Yeah. Very, very strange rumor, though. But Nintendo's one of those companies that they always have odd surprises, so it's like, most likely not going to happen, but also most likely could happen. <laughs> yep. Who knows? It's yep. Nintendo. Uh, and another thing in update 10.0 is that Nintendo has made Switch, but sorry, Nintendo Switch button mapping options are added. In update 10.0 says Jenny Leda at Silicon Era. You can officially button map any of the buttons to another button in the entire system. And this is the exciting thing. You can have up to five different uh, mappings saved in case you need to remap for a specific game. That's inc- incredibly exciting because everyone knows that Nintendo has the wrong buttons for confirm and cancel. So you can finally switch them and make everything uniform across the board, which would be so exciting. But what I also like is that like there's the there's the ability you've had the ability to button map on PlayStation and Xbox for a long ass time. But it's a system level thing. So if you're like, "Oh my god, it would be really helpful if like potions were on triangle for this game." then you've remapped Triangle for every other game you play as well. So I like that this has profiles, basically, that you can say, all right, I want to play with this setup right now, and then you can easily switch back and forth. Where'd it go, Nintendo? Yeah, looking at you, yeah, look at you Dark Souls Remastered, having that B button to confirm. Absolutely uh, not. Uh, I'll be switching A and B for Dark Souls Remastered. Uh, <laughs> and then we get to one of the craziest things that's happened all week recently the new cooking mama cookstar was pulled from online stores coincidentally after very poor reviews three out of tens on ign however new (laughs) details from the series creator and ip owner office create add even more intrigue so we've got a couple of stories here uh first one comes from sal romano at gamatsu office create issues statement regarding unauthorized release of cooking mama cookstar and there's an update to it as well According to Office Create, they licensed the property of Planet Entertainment to make an entry in the Cooking Mama series. I'm reading this kind of slow because it's kind of hard to follow. So Office Create, the publisher, licensed Cooking Mama from Planet Entertainment to make a game. The quality did not meet the standards due to a wide range of deficiencies affecting the overall feel, quality, and content of the game, said Office Create. Despite the lack of approval, Planet Entertainment not only released the game on Switch, but they also uh, they also developed it for PS4. They have a PS4 version as well. So currently, Office Create is seeking legal options against Planet Entertainment. Um, that's insane. That the it's, IP holders is like one of the strangest stories yeah. we've heard. Hey, on the podcast period, they said it was from August 2018, or when they. Uh, noted the deficiencies in the game like you're this is everything that's wrong with this game it is unreleasable and they didn't fix all of it and they're just like fuck it we're gonna release the game anyway against your wishes and they did and it came out and got three out of ten on ign but we have uh, planet entertainment responded in defense uh, there's another co- article from matt kim at ign cooking mama cookstar publisher says it's fully within its rights to release the game planet entertainment believes they were within their contract to release Cooking Mama Cookstar, claiming, quote, there's no active litigation or ruling that prevents Planet from publishing the game. They are still selling copies of the game on their website. Planet does say that uh, there were creative differences, but resolving them would be outside the scope of their agreement. 
that's where we are right now. We will continue to follow this batshit crazy weird story as it unfolds. What are your thoughts, Holden? I've never heard a story like this before. This is just very bizarre. Ultimately, we cannot know what the terms of their agreement are without reading the contract ourselves. And I don't think they would release that for the public to see, especially if they're going to be going into litigation over this. So we're really just going to have to see how this plays out in, in a lawsuit if that if they end up going through with that. But right now, it's total he said, she, uh, he said, she said. I'm willing to bet that it's uh, the Planet Entertainment is at fault here. That quote here, there's no active litigation or ruling that prevents Planet um, from publishing this game, is strange to me, because to me that says, well, no one's suing us for it currently, so we can do it. Right. As opposed yeah. to saying, the contract says that we can do it. So I think that they're at fault. They probably needed to make a risky move for financial reasons or something like that. They need the money intake, maybe. So like they released the game. But the weirdest thing is the PS4 copy. Why? Right? Why? That's so strange. That's a Nintendo-based series. It's never been anywhere else besides iOS for one game. Very weird. Very weird. I, I find it just flabbergasting. That it could make it to, it could make it to the eShop. It could make it to being printed on cartridges and sold in physical stores before <laughs> anything like this came up. Like the IP, the license holder didn't know until they read the review on IGN that this game was even out. That's, an, that's insane that that could happen in the production pipeline of this game. But I guess, you know, maybe... The publisher? So they they have that pipeline is on their side of the equation anyway. Yeah. So maybe that's how they were able to get away with it without create Office knowing anything. I, it's still weird, but I wonder if Office Create is just like one of those companies yeah. that just has a shit ton of IP and they're just like, uh, who do we give this to again? I don't know. So they don't. It's really hard to like keep up with who's mm-hmm. doing what at any given time. And then they just see, yeah. oh my god, your game sucks, Office Create. They're like what? What happened? We didn't <laughs> tell them they could do that. That's insane. I don't know. It's craziness. Let's move on to our third-party quest log. With third parties, two weeks ago, we discussed Gearbox lowering profit-sharing bonuses to employees because Borderlands 3 success wasn't as large as Gearbox expected. We have an update. Gearbox CEO denies reports of stiffed Borderlands 3 bonuses, says Armenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. So the game director for Borderlands 3, Maxime Babin, defended the company on LinkedIn, claiming the company shouldn't be criticized for being transparent with their employees. And bonus checks have been received by employees and more are on the way. Randy Pitchford, the CEO of Gearbox, uh, responded to many on Twitter apologizing that they've been misled. And he believes that the articles thrive on outrage and lack in facts. I believe last time that when we talked about this, you and I were both kind of in agreement. It was like, I mean, it sucks that they're not getting as much money that they thought they were going to be getting. But that's just kind of the risk you take with this type of model of being paid, where you're profit sharing mm-hmm. rather than being paid an industry standard. Does this change yeah. anything for you? No. Um, and I, the only th- addition to this is that I, I have been in the past very critical of Randy Pitchford. But on this, I'm going to be on his side, except for this whole thing that from Randy Pitchford saying that the editorials uh, were misleading. I don't think they were misleading. Like I, We read the same Kotaku article two weeks ago, and we discerned from that article that the profit sharing is, this is just a natural consequence of the profit sharing 
model that they have. So I don't think it's the fault of Kotaku or the other publishers uh, writing the stories. I think it's the fault of just people looking at headlines only, not reading the story, not understanding what is what they're actually um, what the information being presented actually is. Maybe that, maybe it was insulting. I didn't mean it to be, but I, clearly people are upset about it and they're not understanding what actually happened. So I, I don't think it's Kotaku's fault. I just think it's normal Twitter outrage stuff. I 100% agree. I I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily the day after this article came out, and they had like assigned it as as reading, like required reading. Everyone go and read this article. We're not really going to talk about it right now. But then uh, mm-hmm. Gary Widow wanted to talk about it, so they kind of read through it on the air, and they both they both like, oh man, yeah, this sucks. They promised them this much money, and and they're not giving that money, and why did they tell them ahead of time? It was like, and I was like, no, you guys didn't. You read it live on the air. You didn't have time to digest it. You didn't really look in deep and. Like I feel like it's pretty self not self-explanatory, but the article was well written. But I do think that it's people just not actually reading the article, just gleaning yeah. things, gleaning things from the headlines. And I think people also like to kind of jump, especially nowadays, on this whole, um, like if if they read the article and they go, "Oh, this sounds kind of bad," and I'm going to stand by the workers because like that sounds terrible. And I'm like, that's not really what the situation's about. But I think it's easy to come out and say, no, I stand by the workers. That kind of <laughs> virtue signaling kind of thing. It's like, I, it's I like when, you're, part of it. when you're a politician, in order to win favor, all you have to do is say, 9-11, America. <laughs> America. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to take a side without knowing anything, that's the safer side to take. Exactly. I side with the workers. Yeah. No one's going to say, fuck the workers. Yeah. So, following up on another story, back in 2018, Rockstar came under heat for a culture indirectly encouraging crunch during the development of Red Dead Redemption 2. Remember that game? Thanks to Jason Schreier for returning I to do. the story and providing updates on how Rockstar has internally responded. This one is, again, from Jason Schreier, possibly the last thing he ever wrote at Kotaku. He's now leaving for his yeah. own company. Rest in peace, and by that I mean rest in peace Kotaku. Is he? <laughs> is it? Yeah, I know. Oh my god, Absolutely. <laughs> They have no one now. Uh, before we went to the uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 story, though, is, is it to move his own company, or is he going to somewhere else? His only words are, I'm doing new things at a new company. Okay. That could mean a brand new company from scratch. That could also mean like, hey, I got a new job, but I didn't create a job. I got a job at a new place. Yeah. So Very he hasn't confirmed he anything yet. Yeah. But you're right, Kotaku. I'm worried about them. <laughs> yeah, I love that last week we literally had the conversation where Jason Schreier equals Kotaku. They're the same thing. And then I was like, name me another person who works at Kotaku. And you couldn't do it. I was like, nope, see, Jason Schreier. And now he's gone. He's left. Uh, he's 18 months after Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar has made big cultural changes, says Jason. In an email, we're going to detail these here, like all the kind of changes that have been made since they had that crunch uh, article written about them. In an email last fall to Rockstar, employees... Executive Jennifer Colby reassured everyone that the company has has undertaken several initiatives to improve internal dynamics. These initiatives include more flexible schedules to better accommodate employees, anonymous surveys, leadership trainings, overall better communication, better early planning before development begins, and streamlining technology pipelines should should mitigate crunch. So those are some initiatives that they're doing. Even during the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 stuff, management apparently has been very understanding with employees going as far as reassuring them. They're like, we know productivity is going to go down right now. Uh, so that's been good to hear. 
And then Jason confirmed with 15 current and former, and by former he means people who have been there within the last year, uh, employees that these changes are having a positive impact on the company, and some have concerns that crunch culture will return as the next project ramps up, however. Grand Theft Auto, the next game, is in early development and planned to be a, quote, moderately sized release. That kind of stood out to me, like, Really, GTA 6 is going to be a moderately sized release for you? That's not going to be the biggest fucking thing on the planet? Really? <laughs> um, but in QA testing, sorry, QA testing the position or the role received lots of scrutiny for contractors working unnecessarily long hours and having to keep their phones locked away during work. Uh, Rockstar Lincoln, which handles the QA testing, has made great strides. They've now made all the contractors full-time employees and they make overtime optional. You get time and a half pay for it, which is really great. And they are allowed to use their phones at the desk if they want now. So it is less like a concentration camp and more like a workplace that people want to be. Holden, this is really great to see that companies are taking it is. outrage and they're taking all of these things that we've uncovered about them and said, hey, that's really dirty and gross. And they're making changes. Are these enough? I think this is the... I mean, is it enough? We'll just have to see based on like the next Kutaku piece or Jason Schreier piece that comes out <laughs> that says, you know, GTA Six is coming out. Did you know all the crunch that was involved? Like that's that's when we're going to find out if it worked out or not, if those articles keep coming up or not. I think the good news here is that for the past year we have been talking about the potential to unionize the gaming industry, and. A lot of people were on support of unionization. Personally, I was on the side of let's see how the companies handle it first because that will kind of be better for everyone if that can work out. Bungie's don't be able to do it. And based on how it looks here, it looks like Rockstar is going to be able to do it. I think they have the kind of cash that they can push through, figure this out, and really think about their employees first because GTA 6 is going to sell whether it's a moderately sized version of GTA 6 or the biggest version of GTA ever. So I think this is just, this is kind of good all around, but we're not going to know for certain until later on. I think what is good at Rockstar doing this is that they're the kind of company that can set a precedent. Bungie's right. a big developer, but Rockstar can set a precedent. So this is really good to see that if they can be successful with this, EA is more likely to follow suit. Activision's more likely to follow suit. I don't think we've heard big crunch stories from EA and Activision, but... I don't think it's anyone would be surprised to know if those companies had right. crunch. The company rated I'm worst sure company in the world, <laughs> of course. I'm sure everything's on glory <laughs> over there. <laughs> so I think it's good to see in that way that someone, some company is putting their, their good foot forward. Yeah. What I really appreciate about, the, appreciate about this article and these initiatives is that it's not just the company sending a press release saying, here are all the ways we're defeating crunch at Rockstar. It's actually employee yeah. accounts from 15 different employees of, from the company. They say, no, yeah, this mm -hmm. is actually working. So it's a firsthand account, which is really, really cool, uh, of the people who are affected by it most. I love it. Yeah. So the the moderately sized release of Grand Theft Auto stood out to you. What are your thoughts there? Uh, you, I've, you know I've never been a Grand Theft Auto person. I played mm -hmm. Chinatown Wars, not Chinatown Wars, what was it? Oh, Vice City Stories on PSP. That's really the only Grand Theft yep. Auto I've, I've ever had. Any. But the concept of running around and shooting hookers and driving my car and like painting <laughs> things on the side of, all of that's like fun. But if there's not an overall point to it, I'm not into it. Mm -hmm. Hence Animal Crossing. There's not a point to making your house <laughs> bigger. I don't care. Um, 
You do but kill lots of hookers in Animal Crossing, though. You it, do. It doesn't stop. The, God, there are some animals I wish I could kill in Animal Crossing, though. <laughs> Blathers specifically. But no, that, that's no. just... No. It blows my mind that... like we The ramp up to RDR2, Red Dead Redemption 2, for those in the biz. Uh, RDR2. <laughs> People were like, this is going to be the second coming of Christ. It's going to sell so many copies. It's going to be the most beautiful, technically impressive thing in the world. And it was. It didn't sell... Any, like Grand Theft Auto Five numbers, but it was a technical like masterpiece and and what it was able to accomplish. Um, I just expect that Grand Theft Auto Five being selling a billion dollars on w- the first twenty four hours of its existence, and then going on to sell hundreds of millions of copies of this game, and they're expecting the next one to be moderately sized. There's no yeah. way Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to come out and not be the biggest thing on the planet. <laughs> I think it's still going to be the biggest thing on the planet just for hype. But I, I, I would, I took this as it's going to probably be a smaller open world. It's not going to have like a 40-hour story. It might be like a 20-hour story. And so like they're going to try to like parse things down a little bit. It's also part two. They're talking about like the better planning for development. I think a lot of the game kind of blowing up with Red Dead Redemption 2 becoming this huge scale game, GTA 5 being this huge scale game, is that they didn't have the initial like plan that they're hoping they can get this time around. So they can plan it more effectively. It won't blossom into this huge experience because it has more focus. I wonder if personally if they're planning on leaning on GTA online as well. So like this doesn't oh, have really to be as point. big yeah. because we have GTA Online and we stuff to support as well. Yeah, and maybe uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Yeah, I personally kind of like the idea of more moderately sized games. One of the biggest reasons I don't go back to Red Dead as often as I'd like to, because I really really like that game, is that it's it's a forty hour story. Oh, that's really overwhelming. That's I. I it's just though, it's a lot to to, to forty do. hours of Final Fantasy VII was one of the best forty hours of my life. <laughs> dope all right anything left for that article um uh the only thing in my notes i hear that i hadn't mentioned was that the qa turnaround that surprises me yeah especially the phones that i i wouldn't have been surprised if they said hey yeah we not as much crunch but still can't bring our phones in there i guess i guess why are you QCB lying dallas QCB <laughs> <of> lying <laughs> Oh man, you don't. Like I RDR2. do like Red Dead. <laughs> I do like it. I just—it's so overwhelming to approach that game. You just—you can't—you can't see those balls again without freaking out in a good way. And you're just like, oh, those horse balls. <laughs> Let's talk about Appable Idiots, everybody. Appable Idiots is the brand under which products and podcasts like Respawn, Aim, Fire exist. Our new off-color Mister Rogers show esque type show, A A W Y, and also with you, uh, and much, much more. Um, we are bringing you not only those podcasts, but hopefully more things in the future. And we need your support in order to get there. The number one thing I'm going to ask you right now, the number one thing I'm going to ask you is to go subscribe to us on YouTube. And I know there are a lot of you that listen to this and only 20 of you have subscribed to Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. And there are a lot more of you out there. And if it gets back to be Sunday next week and we're not at a hundred, I'm going to track down every one of your IP addresses and I'm going to send a thank you card to your home, and you're going to feel guilty because you got a thank you for subscribing card, and you didn't subscribe. And then that's going to eat you away inside until you actually do go on YouTube and say, God, I can't accept this card without actually being a subscriber. And you're going to do it. And that's what's going to happen. 
But no, please do so that we can get youtube.com slash fire. That will go a long way in making us discoverable uh, and easier to pitch to people as well. You can go rate us on your podcast service. You can go to patreon.com slash fire where you can influence what we play. There is a poll up right now for all of you patrons out there. There is a poll up for next month's barf game. It is very important that you go vote because we might get to play Majorca's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> So I noticed that when I went to respond to Alex's comment, and I'm like, oh my God, it says Majorca's Mask in there. <laughs> I mean, people will know what I mean, but I freaked out because I went to go edit it. You cannot edit a poll p- uh, option. You just right. can't edit it. Oh, man. It really annoyed me. <laughs> I really personally have never me. played Majorca's Mask, nor have I heard of it. So I'm very excited to see if that's what we end up playing. Um, but yes, go vote for that. We have wallpapers coming out in the next 10 days for april uh they're gonna be really really dope the idea i have for them is so good and by that i mean can't wait to think of it um and then you can play along with us on game nights we have been we we played some fun ass rocket league last week that was good yeah and a little bit of warbone we came in third in warbone those quads i was not a fan of the quads i like the trios better than the quads i liked it it was fun i liked it yeah, but it's it's I harder. It. It's harder. A whole squad is four people now that you got to take out. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out that Dallas is really mad at me that I haven't played Red Dead Redemption Two. I said I it's overwhelming. He says, "Dude, you played Secure to Platinum. Don't talk about overwhelming ever again." <laughs> <laughs> and no, Dallas, that was not me with the fraudulent Express VPN charge on your card. But I will send you a thank you card. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our main quest. Bloomberg on Sony's PlayStation 5 plans. That's what we're talking about. There's still much we don't know about both upcoming consoles, but there's a lot more we don't know about PS5. And a Bloomberg a Bloomberg article might give us some reasons why. From Bloomberg, Takashi Mochizuki says, Sony plans limited PlayStation 5 output in the first year. Let's see what they've said. Marketing efforts for PlayStation 5 have been limited by COVID-19. A March board meeting to confirm plans for the upcoming year, including the PS5, still hasn't been able to meet. Sony had planned a public unveiling of PS5 and apparently has canceled that as well. The DualSense announcement of that sexy-ass controller that came out last week uh, had to be be done quickly uh, to beat leaks from developers receiving their first controllers. And production hasn't been impacted by COVID-19 yet, but it still remains a possibility in the future. And PS5's global stock will apparently be limited to 5 to 6 million units between launch and March 2021. So that's its first two quarters. By comparison, the PS4 sold 7.5 million in that same timeline. So uh, about a million and a half to 2 million less than what the PlayStation 4 was able to produce at launch. Sony anticipates that a lower stock will better meet a demand hired, uh, sorry, will better meet a demand lowered by high-priced specifications and limited con- component availability. And to counteract that, uh, it's considering making the the price of PS4 and PS4 Pro cut as well. And the high price that's considering for the PS5 is a maybe around 500 to 550. What are your thoughts, Holden? 500 to 550, is uh, that too much for a PS5? So the one thing I want to note on that is, I, so I kept saying, like, oh, for, for, uh, 500 550 all the time, like headlines and that kind of stuff, but that's not coming from Sony. That's uh, coming from PS5 developers. So it's like a developer is using the hardware and going, ooh, that's some mighty powerful hardware, probably going to be 
five hundred to five hundred and fifty dollars. So knowing, they've got a dev kit, they know the what's deals. in it, and they're just kind of guessing based on what's in it. Exactly. Yeah, they're not actually looking at the contracts that they have with supplier suppliers, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think for uh, five hundred to five fifty sounds about right. I'd be willing to say probably five hundred is what they're going to go with to be in the lower end, and I think Microsoft's going to match them. So I think they're probably both going to be uh, five hundred dollars. This is. I need to say this. Bloomberg is a double-edged sword. For On one hand, an article like this, if just some random video game outlet had this story, I'd go, interesting, but take it with a grain of salt. But it's Bloomberg. Bloomberg doesn't do clickbait video game journalism. If they said this, it's because they have a source for it. But here's the double-edged sword part of it. They were also the uh, the news outlet that said that Apple servers were compromised by China and there was no evidence of that whatsoever. That's right. So like I feel like I I need to mention both of those things cuz I think it's both relevant like this isn't typically what Bloomberg would cover. They also have made some claims that are really bad in the past. So that's what we're saying. Overall, I think this makes sense based on what we've seen from Sony's marketing thus far where it does seem odd that they talked about their logo and then released the website that just said, hey, guys, details are going to be coming at some point. And then having that really interesting but maybe tone-deaf like GDC-like event. And then to have like the PS5 or the DualSense controller, that was a cool reveal. But yeah, like it is just an article that was released. But it's a controller. Right. Like, Should they have waited for a, you can like, imagine, an announcement? You can or, imagine like, with the, like, the selling feature being the haptic, that's something that they probably wanted to unveil live and let people get hands-on with. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to say, but I I believe this. I think this makes sense. The most concerning aspect to it, though, is the five to six million units. That's not because of COVID. That's because of Sony not having the confidence in what they have to offer at the price that they can offer it at. That's the concerning part to me. And I've said this many times already, but like Sony needs to do something marketing-wise. They need to get out there and start talking to consumers because right now stories like this are becoming the name of PlayStation 5 right now. And that concerns me because I want PS5 to do really well in the long term. I'm not worried about launch at all. Launch is good. It's going to sell great at launch. It's it's the aftermath that I'm worried about. But I've, I've said a lot of concerning things about Sony recently. What are your thoughts, Chad? I think five to six million units is is kind of a good call. There's there's going to be some like we're we're kind of in a recession right now. There's going to be some people who are mm-hmm. like I can't quite afford this right now, or I just lost my job, or all these kind of things, and I can't afford to spend yeah five six hundred dollars on a game console. Um, I I think five hundred dollars is totally fine for the game for a game console, and honestly, nowadays I don't like five hundred ninety nine US dollars. Like I don't think that's such a big surprise now in twenty twenty. Like, if a game console mm-hmm. costs you $600, yes, that's crazy, but also, like, you have options now. Like, they, they mentioned with the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, like, you can still have that, play a lot of the same games that are cross-gen right now. Uh, there's access to PS Now and PS Plus. Like, there's there's a lot of good to come from those consoles that are still going to be part of their marketing strategy, that are still going to be part of the ecosystem. Uh, and with the advent of the, the Pro systems and the Xbox One X and these kind of things, like... The One X was four ninety nine. The Xbox One launched at four ninety nine. Um, I don't think that it's insane. You, you, we pay three times that for an iPhone right now. So yeah, 
I honestly don't think it's going to be that crazy, but I do think that they're going to see reduced demand because of it, because there are a lot of people who are like, no, I want, I want to pay 299 or 399 bucks. And that's what I think a game console should cost. And for those people, they do have the pro, they have the PS4 and the PS4 pro. While I know it's going to be tough to find it. And I remember even the PS4 being tough to find. And like while on my lunch break at work, I had to like take the bus down to a target nearby and like grab one. Cause that was the only place that had it in stock within 30 miles. Like, I know it's going to be tough to find, and especially more so because it's five to six million. But I think that's kind of the right call. I think the pricing is is fine. I'm not worried about the pricing at all. I think also you talk about like five hundred ninety nine dollars for PS three. That was in comparison to Xbox three sixty being four hundred dollars, right? Whereas like this, if I mean like if we don't we're totally speculating on the the pricing of the Xbox Series X, but like I wouldn't be surprised if it was also five hundred dollars, even if it was. Even just to compete with Sony and uh, on price, that'll be the same price as that five hundred dollars. That wouldn't surprise me at all. If both consoles are five hundred dollars, it honestly doesn't matter what their what their pricing is. I I I do still think that the five to six million is concerning. I would have agreed with you a few weeks ago, but because of the Phil Spencer interview where he talked about going into the holiday, how COVID is going to impact people buying, he didn't seem too concerned about it. He made a really good point. In the 2000, and I knew this and didn't even like think about it, because um, I did the whole like console pr- uh, sales over the past like 10 years. Like I put that chart together like two years ago, and in 2008, there's no dip. With the, t- with the 2008 crash, there's no dip in console sales at all. That during re- times of recession, people actually still buy game consoles. It like it's not impacted. It's not harmed at all. And I feel like with this, especially with COVID, yeah, people are going to be more limited in their budgets, maybe. But at the same time, they're going to be stuck at home and looking for things to do. And a new PS5 is, is a great way to do that. I took this as, and again, keep in mind that like I've been a little critical of Sony lately. I took the five to six billion as they feel like they've been undercut or uh, they're, they're not undercut, that they aren't up to par with what Microsoft will offer in some regards to the hardware, and they think they're going to have a hard time convincing people of the benefits of the SSD right now that they're not going to be able to sell as many off the bat. That That's kind of what I took that as. Um, but again, like we don't know what's happened in the board meetings. We don't know what well, the board meetings the, that happened, happened. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, it's like it's hard to say, but it would make sense. I feel like they're going to have to really really demonstrate that ssd like that's that they they have to do and i think the demand will be met if they can really demonstrate that ssd i don't like although there's a big power difference i've talked about how that could be concerning they could easily swing it where it's not concerning ps2 was not as powerful as xbox still sold way way more than xbox also came out a year earlier but that's still a factor ps3 had issues with not having as much ram and that like impacted um was it skyrim we're like oh god skyrim is skyrim completely have, broken it's completely broken on ps3 and that's just because of the the ram and how the allocated ram in that console like they've been able to overcome things like this before i'm still concerned but only if they can't come out with strong messaging if they come out and they have strong messaging i'm not worried it's it's really to me it's just up to when they start talking about this in a public setting and what their messaging looks like i'm still concerned about how that could be but the really positive thing from the story i think is that they're going to keep the ps4 pro and PS4 around and lower price to basically bolster the services. That's super smart. Regardless of them lowering the supply of PS5, they should be doing that anyway with the PS4 and PS4 Pro. I don't like that, just is hugely beneficial to them. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm more curious than ever now what their 
going to say coming out of the gate? Because this, to me, is not the sign of, of confidence in your product. That wrinkle with the PS4 and PS4 Pro, it it kind of gives me the impression that maybe they're reconsidering the generational strategy that they have been preaching mm-hmm. for so long. Like, Xbox yeah. has been very vocal. Whatever you buy here is going to work on all the consoles. doesn't matter. New console games won't be exclusive for a couple of years. And the fact that this looks like they're planning to not just keep around but full-on support PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro even after launch, maybe they're starting to rethink that, which could it's be a like smart a choice. Good- I think it's a smart choice. I think it's a goodwill measure kind of thing. Like, hey, this might not actually convince that many people to buy the console, but it does show a goodwill towards consumers that will just make us look good regardless. It's kind of like when Duracell has those ads and they're like, our our batteries are used in medical equipment across the world, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't get most of their sales with medical equipment, but it makes them look like a really good company. It's the same kind of thing. And all of our chemicals end up in matters. landfills because people don't know what the fuck to do with batteries, so they just throw them in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Duracell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's it for our main quest. We're going to move on to Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game on the Game on our game show. Game, 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 game. Holden. Games. We've got a yeah. new game, a brand new game this time. You said I'm going to hate it. I didn't say you're going to hate it. I say you're going to suck at it. <laughs> oh, okay. That means I'm going to hate it. This is, a, this is a game called Final Fantasy Enemy or Hindu God. <laughs> and I know you've only played Final Fantasy 3 on the DS and Final yep. Fantasy 7 Remake now. And Crisis Core. And Crisis Core. Yes, you played Crisis Core. I remember that. Uh, and you did a little bit of Final Fantasy 10. A no? little bit. Three oh, hours, oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I put together a list of ten names and descriptions. We're going to talk about each one as well as after after you answer. Ten names, and I just need you to tell me whether they're from a Final Fantasy game or whether they're a Hindu god. Now, to the best of my knowledge, none of these ten are both. There are some out there, like Shiva is obviously a Final Fantasy summon and sometimes an enemy, and it's also Shiva, the Hindu goddess. But as far as I know, none of these are both, so they're not trick questions. Can I get a bonus point if I can predict how many of these I'm going to get right? Yes. And in fact, if you if you predict it correctly and you get that many, you're yeah. going to get an extra special prize. Okay, I want to predict. I'm going to get, get an two extra correct. special prize. You're going to get two correct. That's your that's your prediction. Okay, that's, that's my prediction. We get two correct. <clears throat> are you ready for Final Fantasy Enemy or Hindu God? Yes. Number one. Hold on. Let me make these a checklist so I can check them off and I don't get confused. Number <laughs> one. Bebuzu. Bebuzu. I, I'm, I'm also doing my best to pronounce all of these. The pronunciation's not going to matter for me. I, it's gonna. You can also ask me difference. to spell it if you need as well. I'm going to go Hindu God for that one. Hindu God. This one is Final Fantasy Enemy. Bebuzu oh, is the main okay. villain of the Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo Tales and is an evil spirit <laughs> trapped inside a book. Oh, Dallas is Hindu. Wrong. <laughs> I wish there wasn't as much of a delay so we could actually have a live game. That would be cool. Number two, Maynads. Maynads. I'm going to say Final Fantasy Seven Enemy. I, that sounds familiar for some reason. It is Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy enemy, enemy, so you get a point, Ooh. but it is not Final Fantasy VII. 
The Maynads, also collectively oh. sometimes known as the Maynad in the plural, also collectively known as the Mysterious Girls, are entities that look like Rydia, and they are an important antagonist of Final Fantasy IV, The After Years. So you've got one point. You can only get one more, Holden. One. To get the special prize. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Dallas says, mine ads. <laughs> and he also says, fuck off. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. I know the epic of Gilgamesh. I know that's a thing. That is a thing. And But it has nothing to do with Hinduism. But now I'm having second thoughts that maybe it is because it's an epic poem. Who knows? That maybe it's not. It's, that's a... There's a Final Fantasy enemy, I think, named Gilgamesh. I think that there is. There's like Leviathan, and there's also Gilgamesh. Dallas is saying Hindu all day. <laughs> I'm. I, I need a confident-sounding like like, final answer. Final Fantasy em- enemy. Yeah. It is correct. Is a confident? Final Fantasy enemy. Yes. Okay. All right. Gilgamesh all right. is one of the antagonists in Final Fantasy V and a recurring boss in the series. It's two. I can't get any more now. <laughs> That's right. If you get any more, you don't get the extra special prize. I've been, honestly, this extra special prize that you might get today has been the I'm... extra special prize that I've been wanting to give you for, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That's not what it's actually called, but I forgot what it's called. But you've never gotten that. So like, I've been wanting to give you this prize, <laughs> but I can't. They don't give me <clears throat> options like name 15 birds in games. <laughs> <laughs> Or what was the one that you didn't get to that I was going to use? Oh, it was, it was name all of the, or name five of the people in the Brady Bunch intro song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, oh. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas does a great job, Holden. All right, <coughs> you've got two right. We've got seven more to go. Oh, shit, I'm so... <laughs> Brahma. I'm not going to do this. Brahma. Hindu, Hindu god. That was confident. You sure? Hindu god. It is a Hindu god. Brahma is the first member of the Hindu trinity and is the (laughs) creator because he periodically creates everything in the universe. Oh. You've got three points. You no longer get the extra special prize. Yep, I don't get it. Number four, Hanuman. Huh? Hanuman. 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 I'm going to say Hindu god as well. Hindu God as well? That is correct. The Monkey King and Devoted Servant. Number one, two, three, four, five. Number six. Durga Devi. That all sounds like a Hindu God. A lot of Hindu gods. A lot of Hindu gods. I'm very confident. That is a Hindu God, yes. Durga Devi is a powerful, even frightening goddess who fights fiercely in order to restore moral order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number seven, four remaining. Gabranth. Gabranth. I know there's a lot of Hindu gods in a row, but I'm going to say it again. Another Hindu, Hindu god. god. Another Hindu god. That is incorrect. Oh. Judge Gabranth, more formally known as Noah von Rosenberg, is one of the main villains in Final Fantasy XII. If you said Rosenberg, it would have been very obvious it was a Final Fantasy <laughs> character. 
Dallas, <laughs> yeah, Holden really knows his Hinduism. Dallas asks, can he have this extra special prize instead? No, unfortunately, you can't. It's too special. <laughs> three, three left. Zan, sorry, <clears throat> Zandy. Zandy? Zandy. Or maybe it's Zonday. I don't Final. know. If you said Zonday, I would say Hindu God, but it's Zandy sounds like It's X-A-N-D-E. Final Fantasy VII enemy. It is Final Fantasy. It is not Final Fantasy VII. I always say Final Fantasy VII, don't I? You do. You do. Zande is the I main do. antagonist of Final Fantasy III, the only one you've played. He's oh. a sorcerer who seeks That's internal why that life. sounded familiar. I, yeah. I knew that. Okay. There we go. Two left. Kadaj. 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 K-A-D-A-J. Final Hindu answer? God. Hindu God, final, final answer? answer? Yep. Kadaj is the primary antagonist of the novel Final Fantasy VII, lateral biography Turks, the kids are all right. That is the full title of the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Kadaj is also the secondary antagonist of the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children movie. Final one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Promethea. Oh, that's Final Fantasy's villain. You sure? That's the Final Fantasy. I'm pretty sure. That is a Final Fantasy character from Final Fantasy XI, known as the Twilight God, and is also called the Lord of Chaos. Congratulations, Holden. I think you only missed, like, two. You got all the Hindu gods. You know you're Hindi. I know my Hindi. Uh, um, yeah, so we'll have to save the extra special prize for another one. For did I get eight? I think it was eight. Yeah, because you got you did not get main ads. You did mm. not get Babuzu. I think those are the only two you missed. Wow. Yeah. I get the Proud inverse of, of what I predicted. Proud of you. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know what? For that, you get the extra special prize. You get to see <laughs> me put this whole squirtle in my mouth. <laughs> And the best news is that Dallas got it as well. <laughs> he got to witness that too. I didn't anticipate his hands and feet, how much they would scratch my uvula, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Game On Game Show, everybody. And that is it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for watching live with us. If you're on uh, twitch.tv slash affabilities right now. A couple of things. Go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Vote for barf. Uh, so we know what we're playing next month. We are playing this month Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo. Make sure you're playing that along with us. Send us your thoughts. Alex Cozina has already sent us his thoughts on World 1 because that's all he cared to play. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll tell you ours a little bit later this month. Uh, Dallas's son had to pee. And with that, here's our usual sign-off. Daddy, I have to pee. That's what I imagine his son sounds like. Daddy, I have to pee. I'm a sexy baby. <laughs> <laughs>